is good, everyone. It is Bobby Daytona, aka Robert Lippman. Hey guys, I've got a great episode for you this time, so you've got to tune in, you've got to check it out, and let's go. What I knew to be true is this. I've known for a long time that I am so fascinated by learning more about the voice. And I had always thought that this was just the spoken voice. So the way in which someone's voice comes across, the way in which they pronounce the words that draw someone in. And I've always been so fascinated by compelling storytellers because for some reason, out of the thin air, out of the thin air, they're able to piece together ideas and sentences in a way that makes you wanna listen. And something about it just draws you in and it feels like home. And I think for me, being someone that, you know, maybe was always in transition growing up, going from home to home, I was always able to find the solace of, quote unquote, a home in the stories. And if it was a story that was well told, then I felt more at home even if I was in a faraway land, even if I knew no one, even if I was entirely by myself. And I realized at that moment that there's something called the written voice, meaning when we read someone, like the actual words that they're saying, how does it impress upon our minds? Can we read it as if they're speaking to us and we understand their voice? That's the hallmark of a phenomenal writer. They're able to capture their voice, their unique perspective in a way that allows for you, the listener, the reader, to be able to see it, to be able to feel it, to be able to interact with it. And we love that because it is such an incredible skill. And anyone that's ever put a pen to paper to try to write, to try just to put something together, knows how truly remarkable that skill is. And so that made me think, what other types of voices are there? There's the actual voice, so the words that I'm actually saying, how those things are coming across, how that creates a compelling story, the written voice. So when I'm not saying a single word, say I wasn't even in the room and you were looking at a journal or a book that I'd written, could you hear my voice? Could you hear your own voice? And so what other types of voice are there. And really, that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. I'm kind of on a journey at this point in time. One of them would be the internal voice we have. So think about what that voice is that just plays in your head 24 7, 365. How does that voice sound? I'm sure some of the time it's really positive, it's upbeat, it makes you feel great. That's after you watch maybe an epic movie like a Rocky and he's been a crowned champion and you feel great. And that voice inside your head says, Yes. I can climb the mountain. I can be the best version of me. And there's other days where you feel beat up and you feel like you lost. You feel destroyed. You feel like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Sorry, God. If I keep going like this, I, I don't even want to. I, I can't even fathom the thought. Like literally just thinking about that, I don't even want to live. And obviously that's extreme, but 
golly, dude, there's just some days where that voice within your head just beats you up. And if he doesn't, then I want to be you because that's something I, I, I deal with really every single day. And what I try to work on is turning that voice from being negative chatter to positive chatter 24-7. And for me, that's a 24-7 decision to be committed to trying to do this. By the way, I fail all the time. But the measure of growth is not always you know, that exact you know, reward. I tried actually just to remember a quote from the book, As a Man Thinketh. I didn't remember it. But ultimately... The measure of success isn't the material outcome or the tangible physical outcome, but it's all of the personal growth and development that occurs along the way. And if you never quite reach that proverbial star, that's okay. Because if you took the honest steps every single day to get better, and you cherished this lofty vision in your mind and a beautiful vision within your heart, even if you never fully realize it, you will have been a better person for living that life. And so now what I'm trying to do is figure out what are the other types of voice. I think maybe one of them would be the unspoken voice. So say that you're not in a room and within this room is actually, it's a handful of people. And it could be colleagues and it could be friends, it could be family, it could be anyone. But they know you. And the degree to which they know you would be varying, or it would be intense, it might be not much, but they're talking about you. What would they say? What would they say? The unspoken voice. What would they say about you if you were standing in the room with them, about you? The unspoken voice. Of course, body language, this is another great one. Think about it. I mean, if we were to meet and I never said a single word to you, I am sure that I could have a massive impact on your life without ever saying a word if we were to spend even 30 seconds together, a minute together, an hour together, a day together, a week together, a year together. How do I know this to be true? Well, I've lived in a foreign country and I lived in a foreign country and I had no interest in learning their language. And that was one of the greatest missed opportunities of my entire life. But I'm not looking back in regret. But there was a woman who I lived with. Her name was Chara. And she is truly one of the most incredible people I've ever met. Quite literally, what I would describe as an angel. And for me, a personal angel. Someone that quite literally kept me from going into a very deep, dark, dangerous path. By simply being a great person. And she didn't speak English, and I didn't speak Spanish. But oh my gosh, I could sit down at the table with that woman for hours. Hours. We wouldn't be able to understand what the other person said, but we could have the best conversations just by using body language. So if I wanted to say something about my heart, I would hold my heart, and I'd tap it a few times. And I might point to my head and hold my mind as if, and hold my head as if I was being considered, talking about my mind. And if I, if I wanted to talk about other people, then I could put my hand out before me to indicate all the other people. And if I wanted to bring it back to myself, I'd place my hand back on my chest. 
And she would do the exact same thing. And we would talk for hours. Body language. So what are the other types of language? I'm trying to find out. If something comes to mind, let me know. Because I am on a journey right now. And I swear, I swear, when I figure out what the answers are, when I figure out more questions, to be honest, I'll keep sharing it with you guys. Because I think it's a lot of fun. And I really think that, honestly, just being able to have a better understanding of who you are, to have more defined principles, will be immensely impactful for your life. Because it's been impactful for mine. And I know that I'm making the, like, the fallacy of saying, hey, what works for me will work for you. But the principles I'm pulling from are eternal principles. They're principles written in the Bible. Okay, well, you say, well, I'm not a Christian, so I'm going to throw this one out. Wrong. I'm sorry. Wrong. The principles of the Bible, and I'm not going to say, like, you know, there's not glaring contradictions in the book that are not easily pointoutable. I got it, guys. But if you actually take the core teachings of that book, they're incredible. Hey, God first, family second, myself third, a.k.a. other people come before me. That is a great discipline. Think about, I'll think about my father. My father has lived that way his entire life. He has always put other people before himself. And for, he, and for me, it makes him my hero. Truly. Okay, what are the other places I actually pull these principles from? Well, I would honestly say it's a lot of Western philosophy, but I'd say a lot of Eastern religion goes into this as well. But, you know, the book, As a Man Thinketh, which was written by James Allen, I want to say over, I don't know, 120 years ago. And it is still one of the most read books today. Why is that? Why is a book that was written 120 years ago still one of the most read books of 2020? It's the exact same reason why Lincoln's Gettysburg Address is remembered. It's the exact same reason why all of the famous and historic speeches to have ever been given, you know, Martin Luther King, I had a dream. That's a really well-known one. George Washington's inaugural or his farewell address, really well-known one. All of the great speeches. Say it's a movie. William Wallace and Braveheart. Say it's a movie. 300. This is Sparta! Think about all of these things that are said. Why do they hold up over the course of time? Because they're immutable. Because they connect with us at a soul level. Because for some reason, we just know that the acts of goodness, the acts of fairness, the acts of kindness, the acts of equality, the acts of stewardship, the acts of self-reliance, the acts of self-discipline, the act of action. All of these things produce a good and a healthy and a wealthy life. Basically, something that's positive for you, but also benefits society as a whole, is going to be on some good. That should come as no great surprise. And what I want to do with my teachings, with the messages that you're hearing, is be able to share these messages, imbue these messages with voice and all the different types of voice. And not because I think I have the best answers or because I'm the most eloquent, the most well thought out, the most genius. I know I'm not, guys. But to be able to live a life of passion, and it's a passion that is nourishing to the soul. It's a passion that makes you better. 
It's passion that drives and inspires other people to be better. That's a really powerful feeling. And it's a feeling that I've been chasing for a long, long time. And when I talk about it with most people, they look at me like I'm crazy. And I tell them my dreams and they look at me like I'm crazy. And I stop telling them my dreams because I couldn't take them anymore. I couldn't take the fact that people were making me to feel as if I was an outsider, as if I was less than, because I thought differently, because I do think differently. And I'm not a special snowflake. I'm not that freaking type of millennial, I promise. Because I know that we all think differently from one another. And that's what's really incredible, is we all have our own independent ways of thinking. But what if I told you that my dreams are different than yours and the things that I wouldn't pursue in my life, even if they make zero sense to you, zero, absolutely zero sense to you, they make perfect sense to me. And I'm not asking you to respect that. I'm not asking you to love that. I'm not asking you to do anything about that other than just think to yourself, wow, this is someone who's living in such a way that it doesn't make quite sense to me, but is there congruency with what they're doing, with how they're aligning their thoughts, their actions, their mind, everything? I just want you to stop, pause, and think that maybe the life that I'm living right now, even if it's a great life, maybe I could be doing one or two things better. Maybe it's just one thing. Maybe I'm doing things great right now and I'm not giving myself enough credit. It's all of these things. So that's what I got, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for checking it out and let's go.